G'day guys and welcome to episode 41 of the Bradley J Driver Experience. Um, before I announce today's guest, I want to give you guys a quick reminder about 42 for CF, the marathon that I'm arranging here in Wollongong for Cystic Fibrosis Australia. As most of you know, I'm a cystic fibrosis patient myself, but I believe that regardless of the barriers and limitations that CF seems to set on our community, that whatever you put your mind to and you work towards, you can achieve. And so I decided back about a month ago that I was going to run a marathon. You know, I'm definitely not a runner. I'm far as far from a runner as possible. But I decided that this would be a really nice way to show the community that whatever you achieve, you can actually, um, whatever you set your mind to, you can achieve, I should say. But enough about that and on to today's guest. You may remember that just a few months ago he was on the show and now he's back for round two. Within those months, it's been a wild ride touring New Zealand with his stand-up show, his face in the limelight, and quickly becoming a household name that we all know and love. At the ripe age of 25, he's the youngest comedian in New Zealand's history to sell out the Sky City Arena in Auckland. And in 1982, he starred in Steven Spielberg's sci-fi classic. Ladies and gentlemen, go David. How are you, brother? <laughs> Man, uh, bro, I think you didn't list enough of my credits there. I also starred in um, 2005's Get Rich, Die Trying. Um, <laughs> and I starred in the PIMP music video. Yeah. Playing myself, 50 Cent. <laughs> oh, bro. I was literally sitting there last night and I'm thinking, I've got to give him an intro that he deserves, but I've got to have a dig as well. You got me, you You got me. You got me. No, pre appreciate you having me, brother. It's, um, bro. Because what we were, we were saying before was April that we last. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was about April time. Yeah. That's one. And, you know, we had that conversation. You've just gone to the next level, man. And, and one thing I want to say. We, I Appreciate know, it, bro. Thank we, you. We're always pretty lighthearted when we chat. But the one thing that I can honestly say, regardless of all your success and how well you're doing, is from the minute you come on the show until now, you've been an amazing support of mine. And you've really gone out of your way. To, to send a lot of kind words and, and really help the show grow. So I appreciate it heaps, man. You're not only a, a real funny fucker, but you're a good human. Appreciate it, brother. I mean, it's, um, it's easy to, you know, reciprocate. You just reciprocate what you're given. So that was, that was all it was for me. It was, wasn't any added effort. It was just, um, I think everybody that watched the episode, they saw that we became pretty good mates over that, over that hour. Um, and, and that was all it really was for me, bro. So I, I wouldn't put it down to me being you know, particularly good person. It was just, we just, we just got along and that shit was, was very easy to just get behind. And, and especially with you, like your, your whole thing is about helping others and particular people that suffer from CF. So, um, and the least I can do is, you know, Appreciate spread the message as much as I can. It means a lot. Uh, cool. it's, of course, um, bro. It's been a crazy couple of months. Literally, it's almost, I reckon within two, three weeks of you being on the show the first time, it just looked, you know, we spoke about in that first episode, everything that went into those first few years of your career and those struggles, both financially and mentally, where you have to keep it on and yeah. believe in your craft and believe in the talent and the ability that you have. What was the change? Was it just years of hard work building up? Well, I just, I just, um, I put it down. It was funny because before lockdown, 
um, things sort of started to build up for me. And then lockdown actually came at the perfect time because it, it forced everyone to sort of sit down and, um, you know, they didn't really have anything else to do. So everyone was on social media. And then the uh, second that the four-week announcement was announced, I was like, okay, this is, it's all been building up to this. I'll put out one thing every single day and uh, we'll see how we come out of it. And, um, and yeah, people, you know, they were paying attention to the videos that I was putting out every day, but then they also started to get on board with um, kind of me as a personality and everything I'm about. And that was really like the, uh, you, you know, the, that was really the tip of it all. Um, so I was, I was very lucky obviously for lockdown to happen. Um, and uh, I, I would say, you know, all these sort of years of building up that uh, really just had its tipping point there and came out the other end and things were very, very different for me. So, That's yeah, it was, <laughs> it was pretty freaky. Yeah. I remember, um, I remember sitting down, we probably, it was probably a month or, or so after we had that first app that we done, I done that little Friday night Facebook live and yeah, live and done like a little half hour yarn. And man, I had so many messages after that, <laughs> and I couldn't believe how. Because you know, you put a you put a video out on social, and quite often it's something you planned or like you get time to think about it. You get to check whether you like it before you post it. But when you're live, it's just pure wit, and you really see how funny someone is when they've got to think on the spot. And so many people messaged me like, "Who was that? That was just on live, like." <laughs> The cracker. Out the, and, out the yeah and like even guys like cyrus who come on the musician he was just like bro who is that <laughs> i just laughed a half hour before coming on and we're, we're really it, bro. To see i think through your stand-up stuff and those little glimpses that you've been able to show on social that that's probably one of your strengths is you just have amazing on the spot wit and the ability to turn anything um into a really funny scenario so talk to me about the whole experience of, you know, getting that exposure, then New Zealand comes out of the lockdown and restrictions and I yeah. decided to do a few shows, but then that blew up. Yeah, yeah. It was um but it, it was honestly it was honestly crazy. Like it was um it, it couldn't have been done in a, a weirder way that, you know, I come into lockdown reasonably unknown and then come out and you know, it was completely, it was completely different for me. So li literally, bro, like my fir first walk out of lockdown, because what happened in New Zealand was we did our four week lockdown and then we were actually went into level three, but in level three, like you were allowed to kind of, you were allowed to walk around in level four, but obviously it was a bit more lax. And so I went for my first walk in level three and, um, and this had never happened to me, but the first car that drives past me, the guy points out, he's like, D and like toots his horn and shit and and um obviously i'd seen online like how the reception had changed a little bit but for that to be the first sort of um you know time outside of lockdown for me and it came to that i was immediately like fuck probably a little bit different now and then yeah it's just been you guys may have seen it unfold it's probably been funny for you to watch it's just been a bit of a whirlwind since um Definitely. and uh yeah you, you were starting to, like, I, I knew that you'd be starting to get public reception, but I think it's one thing when you get public reception. It's another thing where you start to get all these interview requests, podcast requests, and yeah, you know, from sort of like my podcast, hustling for that next few weeks in lockdown, and then you were on 
Nate Nowler's podcast. You were on, you know, yeah, my FM a couple of times. You were doing stuff with was a Maori TV. You done an interview. Yeah. Like I can tell yeah. your face across all of this media stuff. How was that? Yeah, well, it was it was it was freaky, man. And the the funniest thing was um, is because like what I mentioned. You know, when we talked last time, I'd been years working away trying to get certain, you know, different projects up on, up out there, and you know, and and that includes emailing, you know, media trying to get it, you know, you're trying to market your work, you're trying to get it out there as much as you can, and so I was doing all these interviews, and so many of them were just like, man, I remember when you emailed us all those years ago, and I was just cracking up because I was like, fuck oh. That's so a, got your reply lost the lost in the mail. Um, <laughs> no, we just. But it was just. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but bro, it was just, it was just a crazy experience because, yeah, it was um, it was an opportunity for me to see uh, yeah, kind of how things had changed a little bit, and um, it, it was just hectic. Like I'd always watched uh, Kevin Hart doing um, he used to do his vlogs on when he'd go do press runs, and I remember he used to do he did a vlog on when he did his press run in Aussie. Um, and it's just him going to radio, going to TV, and I remember always watching that, thinking, "Fuck, it'd be so mean to do that one day." And then I was in the same position, um, you know, know, over the period. Where, yeah, and it was, it, it was just, it was just buzzy, bro. Like, I, I struggle to talk about it now because I still, I never really sat down to think about it. But when I do, it's still, but any chance that I do think about it a little bit, I just don't even really know how to even talk about it because it's just quite surreal for me. How's that been first day family and friends who have been there since the beginning for them? Like they'd notice it big time, right? They'd notice that finally they feel like it's almost emotional for them because they feel like after so many years of that struggle, you're now where you are. Yeah. Yeah, but I think the funniest thing is I think with all my friends and family is it got past the point where it was like, you know, like it was at, it was at the point where they were, it was easily at the point where they were all like, all right, is this guy going to get an actual job? Is he going to, is he still trying this? So it was, it was at that point. And so I think when, when it actually all started to unfold and started to hit, everyone was kind of blown away as well. And, you know, they were as, bam, they were as bamboozled as I was. We were all just like, what the fuck is, is going on? Because, um, you know, even for my parents, it was at the point for them where they, they sat me down and were like, you need to look at, actually getting a career because I don't really know where this is going but how you know what I said to them and this was like end of last year bro I was I literally sat them down and said this is gonna this is gonna go off I don't know why I know but it will just trust me I don't know when but it's gonna be soon and then yeah six months later I was you know fucking at Sky City bro yeah, thinking of that is crazy to me, but yeah, I don't even know how to talk about that. That tour in a minute, because that was like that blew me away. That was nuts, and and so that was so exciting seeing, even from this side of the of the border or this side of the ditch, to see you selling out these shows and all that was insane. We'll talk about that in a minute, but I just want to touch Appreciate on it, bro. Again, that conversation that you have with your family, and I had a similar one with my family recently where. Yeah. You know that feeling where it's like you can just feel, I, I keep saying to people, I can feel that like any day for one single person listening or meeting me or sitting down with me, shit could change forever. Like I feel yeah. like my life could change in a matter of a day. And it's that yeah. feeling that you can't explain, you don't know why, 
But I've got yeah. a feeling it's got something to do when you feel like you're on purpose. You know what I mean? You're yeah. leading to what you're meant to be doing. And you know, Absolutely. In it because it's right, it could just work out. How yeah. long did you have that feeling for? Bro, probably, in all honesty, maybe since I started. So, yeah, for the last three years. For the last three years, I was really just kind of operating on... Um, people would ask me why I was doing certain things, you know, why I was trying for certain things. And my answer was always just like, I knew my plan, but I couldn't tell them why I knew that was the plan. I couldn't tell them where it came from, but it was just this thing. And it, it sounds so bullshit when you tell people that when you figure it out, it just clicks, but that's literally all it is. 100%. Is that when you, yeah, when you put in the effort to find it, when you do find it, for some reason, it just clicks in your head. And I literally can't even explain um, like why it does, but yeah, you just immediately you see every you see everything because what I what I think happens is your what you want becomes bigger than uh, the, ex, the the usual obstacles that you put up for yourself because usually you look at things and you think, all right, what are they going to think? Okay, maybe I have to think of it in this way. All right, that's not really a career. You usually weasel it into what people's usual expectations are of you, but when you find that actual thing you look at it exactly for what it is. And that's why your mind just opens up to the possibilities because you're not putting those obstacles in your way. And I think that's just what happened with me with stand-up, bro, is 100%. I found it and I was like, fuck, that's, that's it. I'm gone. You know what the thing is? I just I was literally just pulling up then one of your posts on IG, which I think I shared the other night when I said you were coming back on the show. And I think a lot of, a lot, a lot of people don't get to appreciate about you is because your job is to be funny and to sort of take the piss, People forget that that's actually you following your passion and you doing what you love. And you put yeah. up a post where you shared the video and a few other videos of you walking out onto the stage at Sky City. And basically, you know, there was a few other things in there, but you basically said you can do anything you want to do and be anything you want to be. Don't worry about uni or a stable career path. Fuck all that. Be who you truly want to be. Just know that this is just the beginning for me and it's only going to get bigger from here. And I love that, man, because I think we all buy into this thing, and I've done it for many years, that, and I couldn't really talk about it last time we were on the show because I, wasn't, I hadn't announced that I was leaving work yet or, or quitting my yeah. job. I was trying to keep that under wraps. I know we spoke about it off, off record, but yeah, when you just, when you find yourself in that rut of doing what you feel like you have to do, it's really easy just to sit there and stay and just to keep on keeping on because there's money yeah. in the account every week it's comfortable but man yeah. as we said just before we come on today i've literally not made a single cent i've probably made like in terms of actual income 250 bucks in the space of like and bro, I was the same. Yeah. happier than i've ever been it just feels right yeah. and eventually you need money to live but I know that will come as a byproduct of happiness and, and yeah. purpose. Hundred percent, hundred percent. And it, it was for yeah, for me, it was one of those things where I was just like, well, actually, I ticked, I ticked all the boxes that people. I was ticking the boxes that people were telling me to tick, and um, and I was fucking miserable. And I think people hang on to the fact that okay, they keep adding more boxes to tick. I think I'll be happy once I tick the extra boxes they keep putting on. But I think I realized early, I was like, nah, I've only ticked a few boxes, but I know this isn't going to make me happy. I'm going to go try to find something else. And the instability 
and the uncertainty of going to go find that other thing, I'd much rather have that than the certainty that I know that I'll be unhappy if I stay on the path that I'm in. And uh, and that was that was all it was for me, bro. I was like, I would much rather um, not know what's happening tomorrow than know what's happening tomorrow and know that I'll hate it. And yeah. uh, and that's just the position I'm in, yeah. Write that one in your notebook, guys. That's bloody. That's the key. Fucking up. Tad it just above. Tad it just above the gooch line, um, <laughs> so that when I'm coming down, I can make sure that I'm reminded of exactly how I need to live my life. Just above the gooch line. And then I'm going in and I'm eating your ass. Straight at the eye. <laughs> <laughs> nah, just above the gooch line, just below the balls. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Wait, talk to me about these shows. When you decided that you were going to do, was it, was it three or four shows that you initially announced? It was four, I think, Christchurch, Dunedin, Wellington, Hamilton. Yeah, four, four shows. And so, so uh, yeah, four shows. Up. What was that? How many did that blow up to? Right, so though that first initial four shows sold out in like uh, just under two hours. It was like an hour and a half. And then eventually I ended up doing 10. That's sick. <laughs> That's so good. Yeah. I, I still remember I that a, first I think it was 10? You, I think it was the first week you'd sold out those shows in a couple of hours. And you'd added more shows. And then I think you were standing outside Sky City, like, and there was some form of video, and you were talking about how soon enough you'd sell out Sky City Arena. And then within a matter of weeks, you'd announce yeah. Sky City Arena was happening for two nights, two shows, and it sold out. And I'm just like, it's crazy how quick that all happens. Talk to me about the experience uh, on the stage again. It fucking caught me off guard, man. Oh, but like, the funniest thing is, so the video that you saw, I was standing at, it wasn't Sky City, it was another theatre called the ASB Waterfront Theatre. And what happened was that had always been my goal to hit at the start of next year. It's 650 seats. And I wanted to do like, a, you know, I think what I said in the video was I want to do like two or three nights, which is why I'm going to wait till next year, which, you know, I know I'll be at the point where I could do two or three nights at 650. And then, yeah, I announced Sky City like two weeks later and that's 700. Um, Crazy. So it's like it was it was bigger than the one I was standing outside of. Um, but bro, it, w it was just crazy. It was crazy to be up on stage. It was. Um, I think I'd been so accustomed to doing stand up comedy that I was I, because I, I think my if, if I'm completely honest and I've talked about it openly, I wasn't happy with my performance over the the whole tour, and the reason being is because I was ready for the stand up. I wasn't ready for everything else that came with it. Yeah. Um. Because I've been, you know, like stand up for three years, bro, just about every day. So that part of it is, it's just a muscle at this point. But I wasn't ready for, you know, the attention. I wasn't ready for, you know, people coming out to me. I wasn't ready for having to do interviews. I wasn't ready for cameras. There being cameras with me backstage. And then I have to walk on, you know, like a camera in my face. I have to say something and then literally have to walk on straight after. Like I wasn't ready for all of that stuff. Yeah. Um. And so uh, it's, I think, yeah, over the, the, the whole tour, like, I mean, the, the response has been great. People, you know, said they loved it. But I think for me, I, uh, I definitely found it, found it tough. But at the same time, like, it was fucking amazing, bro. Don't get me wrong. I, I loved it. I loved every, every second of it. It's, um, it's by far been the hardest thing I've done so far. But it was, it was so fucking mean, bro. It was so sick. 
was it was there a moment from those 10 shows that you look back on and, and it was the highlight yeah bro yeah for sure i think um i think there was there was two highlights funnily funnily, funnily enough so being back in wellies so wellington where i'm from i those were the smallest i did the smallest room there um so yeah it was just under 100 and i wanted to do that because i knew the next time i come back i wanted to do like a big so the big theater in wellies is called the opera house okay. it's a really prestigious one so i wanted to come back and do that so i just did a small one and um my first show in wellies it was 5 p.m and i had like all my mates all my family were there um and uh and yeah that was probably like one of my favorite moments was just having like everybody yeah everybody there and then uh walking out to sky city by 700 fucking saturday night the crowd were all pissed as fuck yeah but i walked out and there were people standing up and you know like cheering and and i was just like this is fucking madness this is this is ridiculous that's so good eh? yeah bro i feel like the fucking head of scientology um, yeah. okay. <laughs> I feel like Tom Cruise the Scientology. I feel like Tom. I feel like Tom Cruise, bro, walking out to um, <laughs> talk about Alron Hubbard. It was um, gonna go lock a bunch of them in the bathroom for twelve weeks. <laughs> We're not even in COVID. <laughs> but yeah, but I was cra- it, it was just insane, bro. And I think I haven't. Um, I went straight into work, like straight into working on other projects, like literally the day after Sky City. So I never really sat down to think about it. But I'm thinking about Sky City now and all the tour and stuff, and it was just, um, it was just ridiculous, man. It was crazy. You know what's all a bit confusing and scary? Buying your first home and getting your first loan approved. You see, I'm 24 and I bought my first property last year. Even as an agent at the time, there was so much I didn't know about finance because we aren't taught these things at school. You see, I'm blessed now because one of my best mates, Zachary Bidoff, is a mortgage broker. And now that I'm self-employed, I have to be smarter with my money. So I sat down with Zach to refinance my loan and to get the absolute best deal I could. And it's saving me money every week. You see, the great thing about Zach is he's 28 years old, super relatable, and he knows everything you need to about buying your first property. So whether it's pre-approval or refinancing that you need, Head across to ZacharyBidoff.com or find the link in the show notes. You said you went back straight into to working on new projects that next day. I know the first time we spoke, you've got a real passion for like writing as well and, and yeah. movies, TV, actual cinematography. Talk to me about that. Has, it, has this experience of those 10 sellout shows and the stand-up and everything that's happened in the past three months, has that changed your direction a little bit and made you, I guess, a little bit more single-minded towards your stand-up or do you still have that same passion and that zest for for you know writing and, and producing bro big time so it, it did fully change my perspective and i think what happened was um i think where i saw my career going was uh you know heavily just down the creative side so um i thought i would come out and really just want to hone in on writing and stuff which i still am so i've got a bunch of um you know writing uh television related projects coming up which has been amazing obviously but bro where I um yeah where my vision changed and what I wanted to do and uh not shitting that's why I watched the Tom Waterhouse um podcast I've been getting back into I was I was always I always wanted to be an entrepreneur when I was a kid always wanted to have my own business I'd started my own businesses when I was younger um 
and I've, you know, I've had, I've had a business, I've had businesses my, my whole life, basically, um, just different little things I was running. And, uh, and that was where my mindset changed was I really wanted to get back into that, um, into that avenue. And so I've also got a, a couple companies, a couple startups that I'm, uh, working on at the moment and that's been taken up just as much of my time as anything creative. So, um, I'm really excited about those and it's just like, it's reignited my passion for business for sure. And yeah, I'm, I'm loving being amongst it. That's awesome to hear. Eh? Is it stuff more so linked to comedy or is it completely different? It, it still was definitely, um, it's, it's entertainment related for sure. Yeah. It's still, um, in some ways related to comedy for sure. It's still, it's still related to a lot of what I do, but um, I think, yeah, with what the whole tour and stuff made me realise is how much I love just running, just, yeah, just running, running businesses and entrepreneurship and, and every part of that. I, I was, yeah, like I, I think I started my first business when I was like 13, doing t-shirts and then like I ran a marketing company when I was 19 and yeah. um I've always done different things. And so, yeah, it just reignited my passion for it, bro. And, and that, I'm really glad it did that because the stuff I'm working on, I'm, I'm really excited about on both sides. And, um, and yeah, it's, it's just nice to, because the, the biggest thing I was scared of is that you come off something like a tour and like a Sky City and you get scared that you're like, shit, how do I find something bigger for me to shoot for? And then, you know, obviously I had no problem doing that. I was in on the Monday. And on the Monday, straight after the Sunday show, it was just like, fuck, let's get, let's get the next thing. Well, that's a challenge, isn't it? Like, it's, we speak about that a lot. And the thing for me was coming off the back of, like, having those little minor successes with getting bigger guests yeah. on and booking bigger people and, like, getting, building audience, events happening, opportunities coming up. Is like, if you get too content, you forget kind of what got you to that point. And for me, sure. it was such early stages. And I was actually saying to my old boy before, um, he just left the, I like to call it the studio, but the apartment, so I could shoot without any noise. Because it was so <laughs> stage. And I was just saying, I was like, I'm keen to bounce off Joe and like, and just get an idea. As a creative, it's really hard yeah. to build almost like that business growth. It is. You continue to be yeah. creative, but you need a platform to build off and you need to continue. Yeah building for it to be like we spoke about you can be you know happy and make less money because you're living the lifestyle that you want to but you still need to have some sort of career path and career growth for sure financially for sure yourself and to continue moving in that direction and that's one 100%. thing that's like you've done really well yeah 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 i i think the i think the biggest thing that i found bro was like i love what i'm doing but at the moment it's labor dependent so you know i can make good money doing stand-up but i may not want to do that forever and if i want to make that good money i have to go so bro my um that was my that, battery <laughs> that, that but yeah that pops up is outstanding anyways yeah no nah, shout out to my um brother <laughs> and sister but um don't worry it's not weird they're together um, <laughs> um but yeah but it's it's uh, it's labor dependent so like i could make good money but yeah it just means i have to actually be out there touring um, and I think, yeah, I, I realized the importance of having, um, you know, stability, but also something that can grow beyond just me. Um, yeah, yeah if, if I was to base something around my growth, sure, it can experience quick growth like, I, like I've like i been able to and been lucky to, but um, 
but then it, it becomes entirely dependent on how me personally, how I'm viewed, um, you know, by, you know, by outside factors. If I build something that's beyond me, then um, it isn't tied to, you know, whether I'm hot or not. It's just, it's, yeah. uh, it's fully tied to how good the product or the business is that I'm uh, embarking on. So that's, uh, that's where I saw the importance of it. And um, I think beforehand I was going to be more than happy to just stick to, you know, I'll just make my money through writing and just stand up. And I think coming off the tour, it made me realize, no, nah, I need to have something stable so that when the love for it does run out, if it ever does, but I'm being realistic, it, it may do one day, then I've got something there that, um, that's, uh, that's holding me down. So. You know, let's talk about realistically stand up as, as a, I guess an, it's a very time consuming gig because I don't think we might have touched on it in our first app. We spoke about the Kevin Hart doco, um, Don't Fuck This Up. And he spoke about, and I know he's spoken about it on um, Rogan as well and a couple of other, those other platforms where he talks about how it actually takes to write a stand up. Yeah. And to practice that and perfect that, you know, we're talking about a lot of these you know, comments that can really only do a, like a, a run of shows every two years. Yeah, yeah, so and and it's that you you need other things, right? For sure, for sure, and I think. Yeah, I think even when you just do the numbers in in your head, it's like yeah, okay, so. The biggest comedian in the world could probably, you know, make five million over a tour. And he's doing that for two years, and his two and a half million uh, isn't too bad. Uh, and yeah, I mean, fuck, I, I definitely want to kick two and a half mil out of bed. Um, yeah. Man, I've got two and a half out of tens that I haven't kicked out of bed, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> fuck, I tuck them in. But um, <laughs> I'll tuck them in and kiss them in the morning. But it's. Um, I said a brush of teeth first, but <laughs> but I think it's one of those things where it's like a, it's a lot to um, it's a lot of risk. It's it's not a lot of stability, um, and uh, and it's entirely dependent on factors that are beyond what you can control. Yeah. So um, so yeah, you can do you can put all that work in for two years, but uh, you know you may and you may have a great hour, but you come out of that two years and. You know, maybe you're not as hot a ticket as you were at the start of that two years. Um, you know, it's it's a lot of work to put in to then get to the end and you're like, oh shit, it's not even a guarantee, but fuck, there's still a lot of work to be done. So, um, so yeah, I think I realised the importance of that because, um, because I know, yeah, a moment can only be hot for so long. And I think I realised that, I realised that, I mean, I, I'm, you know, still very lucky to be, um, I don't even really know how to say it held in some regard by some people but I know it's not going to be forever and I know there'll be a point where fucking people probably hate me so setting up that stability is uh, is important and and on the other hand it's also just something I would um, yeah I would just much prefer to have something more stable than just having to worry about uh, you know touring all the time and all that kind of shit definitely hey talk to me about your Patreon how's that going right, it's been, shit, sorry, bro. Yeah, My man. phone's fucking playing up. Um, sorry, mate. Um, it's been good, bro. It's been good. It's um, it's been it's been a great way to connect with my audience. So, like, I don't really look at it as a, 
I don't really consider that an income stream for me because it's so, like Patreon's so up and down, at least when you're kind of at the stage I am where I, um, it's the, the content on there, the people are only really there just to support me. It's not because the content itself is particularly amazing. Um, but it's, it's a great, it is, it is a great income stream nonetheless. And it's, it's, it's an awesome opportunity to connect to, um, your audience. And so like, I went live to my Patreon last night and, um, you know, the stuff I could talk because it's like, it's a private stream. I can talk about a lot more things than usual. And, um, I've done it to the point where people, I know like a lot of my patrons by name, I would say I probably know 90% of them by, uh, by like face and name and. We miss with them messaging and so it's just it's just awesome to have this like personal connection with them and as it gets bigger that obviously will get harder but um i think as you get bigger any part of um an intimate connection that you can have with your fans they'll really appreciate so um whilst my time with them will get smaller and smaller that'll only happen as i get bigger so i guess we'll both appreciate it um you know and relevant and relevance to like how much time i actually have to give back to my fans so it's uh, it's a, it's a great platform, bro. I'd definitely hop on it if you're thinking of it. That's linked on your um, that's linked on your Instagram, isn't it? So so how I run mine is I just have a separate, I just have a private Instagram account that I kind of run everything through. So it it isn't like you can't attach it to Patreon, or I haven't figured out how to. I just run like a separate Instagram, um, but I also still run everything through the Patreon app. But it's easier just to check up announcements on the Instagram um and uh and go live and i i obviously use that account to go live with them and stuff and um i'll post like stupid as little videos and yeah just heaps of random stuff are you, are you thinking of hopping on bro just just like future ideas and thinking once the audience on on this show really builds up and you know thinking about at the moment you know the podcast you always want to keep that free you want to make sure it's easily accessible to everyone um, because yeah. you're the best podcast in the world that, you know, the, you got the Joe Rogan experience, the Bradley J. Driver experience, and probably a few after that. But, um, yeah. And you just think you want to keep as much of your content free, but you kind of want to have yeah. that insiders for, like you said, those loyal fans and listeners and the people that yeah. come in all the time and want those bit of extras where you can sit down and maybe have a more intimate Q and A with a guest or you can have some business insiders if you've got someone like Tom Waterhouse on or yeah. you know, and, and offer that to, to Patreon members and it's just been really yeah. interesting to watch your growth through that and, and see how many people I remember when you were saying you just kicked over fifty. Um, yeah. and your audience over social has gone nuts and I can just imagine those opportunities opening up and even with yeah. you see, you know, your pod going crazy and big sponsorships and all that sort of stuff is really exciting. Yeah, yeah. As a, as a creative. I appreciate too. it, bro. Yeah, I, th- I think, yeah. For, I think, uh, appreciate it, bro. I, I think, um, I think for you, bro, like where I've gotten real good value from watching your podcast over the last few has definitely been like in the business, in the business realm. Um, and I mean, as, as we always talk about, it's entirely up to you what direction you want to go down. But I think, um, at least just off the top of my head, I think the biggest thing that you offer people beyond what they can get elsewhere is um, definitely from like that kind of insight and, and real, you know, business, real estate, finance. Um, I think you have a lot of value in that, but you have a lot of value in being that voice, but in a really relatable way that doesn't explain it to you in a way that's fucking like confusing. I appreciate that. Um, 
And so I reckon, yeah, I, I reckon tackling people would one hundred percent to sub- subscribe to something that's in that realm. That is, uh, it may be business financial advice that they may have heard elsewhere, but it's through the reason they're they're subscribing to you is because they want to hear it from you. So yeah, um, I appreciate that. Yeah, something something along those lines could be definitely because I mean, like the whole reason people subscribe to me is because the stupid shit that I say they find funny, yeah. and so like that's why they subscribe to me because they want to hear more of it. They get that you know a lot of your followers get that value out of you from that, and they would subscribe to getting even more if the opportunity was there. Yeah, it's just about starting. Hey, talk to me about securing the sponsorship with. You still got sponsorship with Bumble, bro. So, <laughs> so bro, that was like, oh man, that was that was low key like a mess. But yeah, yeah, had that. It was um, it was very funny. Like it was uh, very on brand. Um, but yeah, the the opportunities have been cool, and I've got. Uh, I actually went and had a meeting with another sponsor. Um, the the sponsorship and even just podcasting side of things for me, it really took a hit over this whole period because um, I was so focused on stand up and stuff that I wasn't. I didn't really have the time to to focus um, on all the other things. But I've just brought on like two employees, and so it's it's been nice being able to spread them across everything I'm doing as well. So. Um, the podcast is picking back up. What's that? That's a bit of a team now. Yeah, bro. So it's been a fucking like it's a godsend. Um, because yeah, just spreading them across everything I'm doing has been yeah, uh, fucking. It's been so good. It's been a blessing. So, um, being able to pick up in areas and already because the Patreon obviously it was at pretty decent numbers. Um, I think it might have been at like fifty or sixty, like we were saying. And then uh, even just in the last two weeks, uh, because I hadn't really been pushing the Patreon since I had like a, you know, my massive amount of growth. And even just in the last few weeks of um, of picking things back up and getting back into the swing of things with the help of um, my two, yeah, my two new employees, it's already like doubled. So it's at just over a hundred and the podcast is out, is out. And the first episode was a little bit more quiet, but, gonna start bringing in clips and um all those things that always help with the growth so yeah i'm, I'm excited with uh where it's all the direction it's all going yeah already got sponsorship for these next few so that's awesome. it's, um yeah it's been it's been it's been really cool but it's yeah it's been fucking ages in the making um for sure that's like yeah i think that's the thing i try to get across to people is there's three years that it took me to get um to get there it was um it's, it's, it's all in yeah. your heart, isn't it that's why i think just touching on what we spoke about before you have to love it because if you don't love yeah. it you won't last no nah, n- no nah, not at all where you like if you don't re- if you don't truly love it that first little set of obstacles will fucking just destroy you um because like i fucking love what i'm doing and it's even and some of the obstacles have pushed me to the point where i'm almost like fuck i'm i'm done with this so if you don't love it you're not even going to get to the point where those obstacles show up because you'll give up for the earlier ones um and yeah that's that's exactly why it is so important to love what you're doing because yeah the shit's hard to do Definitely. and uh yeah that's got to be the reason at the end of the day why you do it 100 percent. hey i'm gonna let you go in a second and get back to your day but 
before we go, I want to um, I want to get an idea for obviously plenty of Aussie listeners here. I get a couple of Kiwis and a couple of people from the UK that listen in at the moment, which is cool. But when are your plans to come over to Australia? What does that look like once obviously COVID's passed? Is that something that you're looking to do straight away or? Yeah, yeah, of course. So um, I've, yeah, I've been lucky to sign like quite a big deal with a, um, like a, a big touring promoter. So like the, they're the largest, um, yeah, they're the largest like of their kind in the world. And any, yeah, some people may be able to guess who it is, but yeah, so I'm touring with them um, to Australia next year. Uh, we'll be announcing pretty, pretty much we're, we're at the hands of COVID bro. So as yeah. soon as um as soon as things open up, as soon as we get a better idea, then we'll know when and where we'll be. But um, but yeah, just now I've put pen to paper with the intention of uh, there's definitely something coming next year. And if borders open up earlier, that you know earlier, if they uh, open up for even as early as the end of this year, then um, I'll definitely be coming before be coming over before that as well, just to. Have a little fuck around, so that's so good to hear. Oh, man, I'm really looking forward to that because I'm keen to come and, and sit face to face at a show, and also, brother, to get you active boys for a little jog. Bro, I'm coming. Yeah, <laughs> remember when I t- I missed the I was like, bro, yeah. I'm coming active. Boys. I'm bro, not running, the, but I'll walk <laughs> Yeah, no, I'm definitely coming, bro. Fuck it. it, it always looks like a good laugh, eh? It is, brother. Love it a is. cheeky fiver. It is. Hey, um, I appreciate so much you taking the time out of your day again to come on the show. It means the world to me. Of course, me. brother. And like I said, it's just awesome to bounce off you all the time and to see your growth. And I just want to make sure that people can continue to support you and follow you. Because as we said throughout the show, as, you know, creatives and especially this guy who literally put a, a lot of his life on hold to go and chase the dream and to follow a passion to see you having the success you do is all off the back of the people that tune in and love it and support it. So continue to do that. Go follow this guy on social, listen to his podcast, Shit Talk. Um, I'll put all of the, all of the links in, in the, um, the show notes so you can go ahead and get around. As always, brother, it's been a massive pleasure. Thanks for coming on. Oh man. Appreciate you, brother. Legend.